Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I am recording this in lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, where the sun set about 15 minutes ago, and the sky is pink and blue, and there's been no rain for days, and it would appear that we are now in the summer dry season. And it's a little early this year because today is Sunday, the 26th of November in the year 2023. Here we are. This, this, the seasons are changing here and it's, it's really beautiful. So want to do some housekeeping um, over this weekend, this Black Friday, Black November, they call it in Costa Rica, Thanksgiving weekend. I am offering, and it's still Sunday, so you can still get it, um, I'm offering the Alchemy Membership, my Alchemy Membership that I've spoken about already, and the Alchemy Membership is normally $97 a month, and I'm offering free membership for three months if you join me in Expansion Mentoring. So if you take three months of Expansion Mentoring, you'll get three months free of Alchemy membership. And that membership is about, you know, a, a transformational experience every every month. It's always about a meeting. It'll be, it's starting in January. It'll be a meeting where we meet and we, I give an astrology update and an energetic activation and also um, a training. And that's the, the bulk of it will be a training. So I look forward to anyone joining me for this alchemy membership but if you are interested in expansion mentoring and that's a longer process where we go deep into what your needs are and help you change your life and help you fall in love with your life by all the tools that I have whether it's my Reiki tools my astrology tools but really all of my coaching tools from my quantum integration coaching certification and uh, we, I've had great success helping people shift their lives, get new jobs, get um, out of a bad relationship, get out of the turbulence. Um, lots of lots of good things to help people along in their life. So um, it's a three month program, or a six month program, or twelve month program. And right now you'll get three months free of the Alchemy membership if you do a three month. Um, if you are interested in six months, I'll give you six months free in in the Alchemy membership. So, so very exciting. I also announced that I'm giving a master class on 2024, and that will be December 18th in the evening, and it's called Vision of the Future 2024, and we're going to look at everything that's going on next year. So I really welcome you to uh, come to that on the 18th. It's $55 and it should be a lot of fun. We'll be talking about next year and the big things that are happening and there's lots of big things happening. So I welcome all of you to that event. And of course it will be recorded if you want to purchase it later on if you can't make it or if you just purchase it, you'll get the recording later on and absolutely um, it will be available as soon as I as soon as I do the event on the 18th, it'll be available for purchase. So you can buy it in December, January, anytime when you want to go back. And it's really handy to have because when you uh, want to go through the year and you want to hear what I might have talked about, you can go back and listen. So. And it'll be all at once, as opposed to waiting for it to happen, like Mars going retrograde next December. Well, then we have to, 
you know, wait till next December's podcast to talk about that, or maybe I'll do a masterclass then, but you get the information right away. So join me. It'll be a lot of fun. I have to say, so I hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving if you're celebrating. We had a lovely time here. And um, remember I talked about the sun squaring Saturn and then Mars squaring Saturn. So the sun squared Saturn, wee hours of Thursday Thanksgiving morning. And I said it could be a lot of things. But I have to say, (laughs) I have to tell you this story. I have to say this was, it was a bit of a disaster here. So, um... The sun, you know, is our vitality and Saturn is hindrances and obstacles and lessons. And, you know, I had a real, (laughs) I had a real, like, you got to let go, Deb, lesson. I was so exhausted by the time Wednesday night rolled around and all of that sun square Saturn, I felt it on Wednesday. So they made an announcement on Monday the 20th that we were going to get our water shut off in most of the town of Escazoo. And so the whole area, which, you know, which of course doesn't include the hotels and the restaurants and all, I guess they all have generators and, and things for electric and then they have water pumps and they've got water supplies. But we were getting our water shut off on Wednesday and it was supposed to be all day from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So, okay, so when you know that's happening, you prepare, right? So you get all your, you, I have filtered water, I have a filter, you get your water ready, I filled up bottles, I filled up pitchers, I filled up, you know, containers and pots and things for the water, you know, because you need it all day. Well, and then, you know, I actually run my dehumidifier because that re- re- takes water out of the air and you get a bucket of water out of that. So you can use it to like wash up or like wash hands or flush toilets and things, right? Except it wasn't from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, it was from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. And <laughs> from 6 p.m. onward, I was kept checking the water and it wasn't going back on. Now, normally this wouldn't be that big of a deal. I could go out to eat. I could go to the mall. I could go to the Intercontinental and work there and stuff. But my friend was coming over to prepare the pies for Thanksgiving. And she was making four pies. And she was making three, but one became a double pie because she had so much of it left over the pumpkin. And so what could we do? We had to, uh, you know, accommodate the lack of water. And when you're baking, you have to keep washing things. You know, you ideally, when things go in the oven, you want to clean the pots and pans and the, and the mixers and the whisks and the forks and everything that you're using. Now, she was coming here because her oven was broken. And she's a master chef. She's a pastry chef. She's a, she went to culinary school. So this is serious stuff. And it was all fine for her in the cooking process because, like, my mixer, electric would have been more of a problem that particular day. But <laughs> we had no water, so we couldn't wash any of the pans. We, we had a big, like, five-gallon jug of water, and we kept using it to wash our hands and stuff like that. But we couldn't wash anything. And I had to make something for Thursday, and I couldn't make it because I didn't have a clean pan. <laughs> and... I was ready to cry every time I went to the faucet and I'd turn it on and it wasn't coming on 6.30, it wasn't coming on 7 o'clock, it wasn't coming on 7.30 and she's saying, Deb, it's not going to come on until like 8 o'clock. Well, like I said, it didn't come on until 11 p.m. And I was saying, you know, I've learned how to surrender to these things and she's like, you're not surrendering, Deb. (laughs) 
surrender to Saturn. So this was such a nuisance. And I was so exhausted, so exhausted from everything on Wednesday. And also the, the guy that cleans the garden was supposed to come, supposed to come Monday. He said, I can't come Monday. He came Wednesday. He didn't tell me he wasn't coming till 11 a.m. And I got up early for him. And I was like, oh, crap. Anyway, it was an exhausting, annoying day of hindrances. Thank you, Saturn. So I went to bed at 9.30 and I wake up. I'm laying there and I'm like sort of half asleep and half awake. And then I hear the water come on at 11 p.m. And I got up and washed the dishes because I didn't want to go into the kitchen on Thanksgiving morning and have a mess. So I got up and I washed everything and only took like 20 minutes. That's the thing. Dishwashing doesn't take very long. 20 minutes. And I got everything clean. And, and it would have only been 20 minutes of water we needed, but I needed it to be hot and I needed it to be flowing. And, it, and there you go. So there it was. Now, then we had Mars move into Sagittarius on Friday and then square Saturn yesterday. And so yesterday I was getting up to go to the farmer's market, which is called the Feria here. And I noticed that the water was going off. I'm like, oh, no, not again. So I jump in the shower early and I'm like getting clean and the water is diminishing as I'm showering. And it's the same thing all over again. So both squares for me were the lack of water in my house. And it's really weird because none of this is, you know, the, the, none of the, well, Saturn in Pisces is water. <laughs> The lack of water, the restriction on water, limitations on water. <laughs> and that was it. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening again. And that was exact yesterday at 11.57 a.m. Eastern time. So it was 12, It was 10.57 a.m. for me. And I was sitting here going, yeah, here I am. And there's no water. And it was supposed to come back on at 12.30 and it came back on at 5.30. So... Again, I, the same thing happened. Both squares were no water. Saturn and Pisces, thank you very much. <laughs> so what were your restrictions and limitations on, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday? Oh, my God. So there you go. Um, in the meantime, um, we're past all of that now, and we don't have to worry about it. And... Um, tomorrow though, Mercury in Sag is going to square Neptune. And so that's an interesting thing because, you know, Neptune's in Pisces. So here we have another, another square and Mercury is very close, close to that square now. And Mercury is the planet of communication and thought and intellect and, and singing and speaking and talking and writing and all those good things. And sing, I say singing because it's squaring Neptune, right? It's musical. But Neptune, Neptune is a planet that can be tricky. And it can be something that is um, a very unclear image. So Mercury and squaring Neptune is something that you you can use for beautiful intuition, meditation, incredible insights, really beautiful images, visual arts, music, anything. So you can get inspired under this. Or you can encounter a liar. <laughs> it's a square. It's not a sextile. It's a square. So if you feel like someone is not telling you the truth tomorrow, then what you need to do is really tune into your intuition. Again, that's Mercury-Neptune. 
And you need to really zero in on whether something is you're being told is the truth or not. And that can really be valuable during this aspect. So that's something very important to, to pay attention to. So are you being the being told the truth? Are you being um, in a place of, are you being fooled? Are you being, you know, swindled? Anything like that. Be very careful when you're doing this, okay? When you're listening to people, when you're dealing with people, just be very careful. The thing is that Mercury and Neptune can be really deeply inspiring. And you can read something, Mercury, that is profoundly inspiring. But, you know, it is also important for us to all have our squeaky clean energy in order that we are all being really honest with ourselves, not deluding ourselves, and being very self-aware and using our insight and intuition to stay in alignment. So that's really something very important. Now, Mercury is trining the North Node, and that's always very good. So while it's squaring Neptune, it is making this very nice flowing trine to the North Node and a sextile to the South Node. And so, again, alignment. What is in alignment for you? What is in your best interest? What is your intuition telling you? And so I think this is a lot to do with intuition and listening to oneself, listening, listening to the call of spirit, which is Mercury-Neptune for sure. So... Pay attention to that call of spirit um, in all that you do. Pay attention to that. So this is, and it's it's a wonderful time to receive a message. So, and it could be a very good message. It's trining the north note. So maybe your direction is really um, on key, on point, in alignment. So pay attention to that um, this, next, this next day or so. And... This week, Mercury is pretty busy because Mercury is going to... Now, Mercury is already in its shadow. You know, it's going retrograde in early December. And it is already in its shadow because it's going to go back to like 23 or so Sag when it goes direct in early January, like the 1st of January. And so it's... Now we're in the shadow. Now we're, and so again, this is another thing you need to pay attention to because Mercury is in its shadow and it's squaring Neptune. So this is going to be something that we're paying attention to during the Mercury retrograde because what's going to happen is right now this is the first square of Mercury to Neptune, right? And then inevitably, as Mercury goes direct, it's going to back up. You know, it's going to back all the way up. It's going to go, it's going to be in Capricorn. It's going to turn around in Capricorn. And it's going to be about, about eight degrees, 29 minutes of Capricorn. So that's actually the 13th. So it's actually more like mid-December that Mercury goes retrograde. And it'll back up, it'll back up. And it's going to get to like 22, 23 of Sagittarius. And so we're, we're going backwards, backwards. And w that means the second time it's going to square Neptune is right about Christmas week. So it's going to be squaring Neptune again at, you know, 25, like, mm, like right a couple days after Christmas, like the 27th or so. And so that's really important to pay attention to because we're getting that square the second time. So there's information. There's a story. We need to pay attention to this. It's all, again, a story that we need to be listening carefully to. 
And when that happens about the 27th, then Mercury goes direct January 1st, 2nd or so. And then it's going to square Neptune again on the 9th of January. Okay, so this is the first of three squares. And this is what often happens when a planet goes retrograde. It gets entangled with other planets in the sky. Like when did the inner planets go retrograde? Because, well, we can't even account for Pluto and all those guys. But, but Mercury, Venus, Mars, when they go retrograde, they usually are encountering some planet three times. And Mercury is going to be encountering Neptune three times. So this is good. I mean, it is good because we're paying attention to this and we are getting intuition and insights. So pay attention to the messages you get from spirit, to the call of spirit, from your intuition. Listen carefully. This is a time for great and deep listening. Great and deep listening. So Really pay attention to that. Mercury will go into Capricorn on Friday the 1st at 9.31 a.m. Eastern Time. And so it's already going to start its Capricornian journey and then go through like the first third of Capricorn, or eight degrees or so, not even, and then turn around. So it'll spend most of December in Capricorn and then go back into Sag. And then January will turn around, finish up Sag, and then go back into Capricorn again. So this, if you have something in early Capricorn or late Sag, you are going to get that Mercury back and forth over one of your planets. And that's an important thing to pay attention to. That means there's some information message here. Um important for you to listen to. So pay attention. Mercury goes into Capricorn on Friday the 1st. I can't believe it. Here we are. We're entering the last month of the year. The next time I see you on this podcast, it will be December. So this is it, the last week of November. And also this week, we have Venus getting ready to leave her tour of duty in Libra because she's going to square Pluto on Sunday the 3rd. So next Sunday when we're doing this podcast again, she's going to square Pluto. And that's going to be interesting because Pluto is getting ready to move into Aquarius and it's at the very end of Capricorn and Venus will be at the very end of Libra and it's moving, Venus is moving into this square with Pluto. Now, I talk a lot about Venus and Pluto. Venus-Pluto square is always something that can be deeply passionate, very profound, deeply introspective, something powerful that reveals itself to us. And this is only going to be one square. There's no retrograde. So Venus squaring Pluto is something we really want to pay attention to also next Sunday because it's it's great for art, it's great for creativity, it's great for having an aha moment in something profound and creative that you're doing. So this is this is really very good um, for those things. Now, as far as relationships go, Venus and Pluto are an interesting duo because it can indicate moments of jealousy and possessiveness and power struggles and control issues. And because it's a square, it's not a sextile, it's a square. And so there's a challenge. There's Venus and Libra who wants to fall in love and relate and connect and Pluto that can be destructive. But Pluto doesn't have to be outrightly destructive. It can be manipulative or controlling. So look to your relationships because Venus is really in Libra 
and she rules Libra, but look to your relationships and talk to the person you're in relationship with if something is not right. Communication is key here. And we want to pay a lot of attention to our relating to other people. So it doesn't have to be an intimate, close, personal relationship. It can be, you know, a family member. But it often is these close personal relationships because you want to relate deeper and more profoundly when Venus and Pluto come. Maybe you're having the talk, like, are we getting serious? What do we want from this relationship? Those things can happen right now, too. And if you're already someone that's been in a very long-term relationship, you know, you have to deal with things that might erupt, you know, out of nowhere. And so just know that Venus and Pluto are in this little challenge with each other. And you'll feel it. You could feel it Saturday. You could feel it Monday. It doesn't have to be exactly on Sunday when it happens. It can be something that's really um, any time at the end of the week. That's going to be at 8.29 a.m. on Sunday, Eastern Time. Um, but, you know, I always tell people during Venus-Pluto... This is a time, you know, it's a very, it should be a very independent aspect. So instead of clinging to your partner, you got to do things that are creative for yourself. And that's really a piece of advice I give to people when they have Venus Pluto in their chart. If they're not already involved with something creative and something deep that they're passionate about, they're going to get lost in a relationship. And this is what happens. Pluto drags you into the underworld until you do confront everything that you're not dealing with, your own empowerment. Because if you're getting into a relationship and you're getting dragged into the underworld and it's pulling you down, then you're not in your power. And Pluto's objective is always to show us how powerful we really are. And many times we don't want to own that. We don't want to own that. We want to really just sort of ignore that for the sake of love and unconditional love and but I want to fall in love and you have to really again listen to spirit and stay in alignment and listen to what is important for you and your life what do you really want to happen and this is something that's a very deep question when Venus and Pluto square. And this is why like some astrologers may call this a time of breakup or something because it's like, wait, this is not fulfilling my needs, my goals. And that could very well be, but examine it, look at it. Maybe your goals need to be, you know, fed and, and nurtured just by you paying a little more attention to that instead of like hanging on every word of, of your relationship. So this is something you want to pay attention to. And if you find yourself getting a little obsessive or jealous or anything, take a step back and ask yourself why it's necessary to do that. Why? Do, what are you feeling insecure about in your relationship? And is it the relationship or is it really something going on within you, which it probably is? So this is an important, it's, Venus Pluto is always something, my teacher used to call it love with a twist of lemon. And yeah, that's the truth. Love with a twist of lemon. You know, it's it's not quite loving and beautiful and amazing. And oh my God, you can find your power in this. And um, that's the important thing to remember is stay empowered through Venus Pluto. 
okay? But right after that, and stay in power during Venus-Pluto because that's Sunday. And then Monday the 4th, which we'll talk about more next week, Venus goes into Scorpio. It's her annual visit to Scorpio, which is ruled by Pluto. So no sooner does Venus finish up her tour of duty in her own sign where she's been very happy, she goes right into that square with Pluto and then the sign Pluto rules, which is Scorpio. So she's she's getting revved up for the passionate expression, right? She's getting revved up for that. She's going to square Pluto and then finish that and the next day step into Scorpio at 1.51 p.m. Eastern Time. And that's always something for her that is a little complicated because Venus is not at her best in Scorpio. Why? Because as I've said before, when a planet is not in its uh, best space or its best sign, it's because the opposite sign is where it rules or it's, it's exalted. For example, Venus loves Taurus. Venus loves Libra. So Scorpio, which is opposite Taurus, and Aries, which is opposite Libra, are the signs where she doesn't do her best. Those are Mars places. Venus, the planet of peace, does not belong where the planet of war belongs. And vice versa. That's when Mars gets upset <laughs> because Mars goes into... Um, that experience of, you know, Mars doesn't want to be in Taurus. Mars doesn't want to be in Libra because that's the places of peace for Venus is. So it's an interesting thing. It's also interesting because, you know, when Venus would go retrograde and then turn direct, the Mayans used to get their armies marching. So they didn't see her as entirely peaceful, but that in involves a much deeper conversation and a whole lot of studies. So yes, that's something from the ancient history. Mars is now in Sagittarius, and it's staying very close to the sun. And they are very close together, so this is a lot of vitality for us right now. Mars likes Sagittarius. Mars is, Mars is happy. Mars is happy and sad because it loves fire. It's a fiery planet. It gets to be in a fiery sign. And as I said the other day, we've got a lot of fire going on now. You know, Sagittarius season has started since I last spoke with you. And Mars followed suit and went into Sag right after the sun. So now we've got three planets in fire. And so that's going to be an interesting dynamic coming up tomorrow when we have the full moon. The full moon is in Gemini, four degrees, 51 minutes of Gemini. So that's the moon opposite the sun. It's going to be 416 a.m. So you could probably see the full moon tonight if you look for it. And it's clear here. It's not cloudy because it's not raining. So I'm going to try to look for that full moon. And then, you know, the moon is going to start opposing things in Sagittarius. Now, the moon will go into Gemini in like, I don't know, like an hour from now that I'm recording this. And when it goes into Gemini, it's going to first square Saturn. It's going to be an interesting Sunday night. It's going to square Saturn and then it's going to oppose Mars. Okay, so 11.08 p.m., it's going to oppose Mars. That's Eastern time, so like 10 o'clock. So when, you know, those of us in those time zones are getting ready for bed, that's when Mars is going to get revved up from the moon. So try not to have any late night arguments. Shut your phone off. Relax. Listen to spirit because of that Mercury-Neptune. And try not to have any 
interactions that could be heated tonight before you go to bed as that moon is getting revved up. Now that full moon is going to occur at 4.16 a.m. And that is Eastern time. So it's going to be in the middle of the night in this region of the world. If you're someplace in Europe or in Australia, you'll have it in your day. And then it's going to, the moon on Tuesday will oppose that Mercury that's in Sag. So it's bing, bing, bing. It's Sunday night, it's going to oppose Mars. Monday, it's going to oppose the sun. Tuesday, it's going to oppose Sagittarius, Mercury. And so we're getting a lot of very clever, fast, provocative energy because Mercury is about words and the moon in Gemini is about words so there can be words flying back and forth like I said tonight shut your phone off and just chill out and don't allow yourself to get into any heated debates or discussions okay it opposes mercury at 803 p.m eastern time on tuesday so just know that this moon that goes into gemini tonight is going to be a bit provocative okay it will do other things like square Neptune at 4.30 in the afternoon on Tuesday. So there's, there's more of this going on. So there's going to be a lot of Mercury, Neptune, Moon stuff. So there's, should I think? Should I intuit? Where is this coming from? My brain? My rational mind? Or my intuition? So just pay attention to this. Gemini loves the rational mind. It loves wordiness. It loves games. It loves anything that like puzzles and games like Scrabble, you know, and it's very wordy and rational and very thought provoking, but also very fast. And it's really hard to quiet the rational mind when we've got some Gemini going on, you know. So when it starts interacting with Mercury and Neptune on Tuesday, we're going to get some, you know, moments of it could be really bright intuition. Mercury is still going to be squaring Neptune on Tuesday, okay? Just because it's exact on Monday doesn't mean it won't be affecting us on Tuesday. You know, it could be really bright insights, intuition that we can pay attention to. So this is all very good. But this is a full moon, guys. So it's a full moon. It's always a little heated when there's a lunation like a full moon. No more eclipses. That Boy, that last one, that new moon, that was something. <laughs> That new moon, you know, the whole, that whole thing with getting close to Uranus and everything because of all the Scorpio and, and stuff, Taurus, that was intense, that new moon a couple weeks ago. But we're done with that now. And this is, you know, I find sometimes this full moon in Gemini is a little frenetic. And this is something where we just want to, you know, when it gets involved with Neptune and stuff, you just want to take the time to like breathe and meditate when the moon is in Gemini, it's important to remember to breathe, okay? Breathe and stop being like, you know, analytical, too wordy, you know, tonight, tonight, go to sleep with your mind clear because, it, you know, this is the kind of moon that could keep you awake as we're approaching this full moon that's going to happen in the middle of the night. So just, just be aware of that, okay? That is the week ahead. This is the Golden Astrologer Podcast. I'm Deb McBride. I invite you to join me in my new Alchemy membership. I invite you to join me in Expansion Mentoring. Remember, there's still time today to get the deal where you get Alchemy membership for free for the months that you uh, are working with me one-on-one -on -one in Expansion Mentorship. If you're interested and you want more information, just email me 
Deb at DebMcBride.com, info at TheGoldenAstrologer.com. And also, you know, you can sign up for a session, whether it's Reiki or it's astrology. All of it is on my website, TheGoldenAstrologer.com. You just click on Book Online, and you can also buy my master classes there and also my class, Harmonizing Prosperity, which is five sessions for $2.97. So I would love to have you join me. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. I hope you have a beautiful week ahead and a bright, beautiful full moon. Thank you. Gratitude to all.